The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic, Dynamic pet, pet Duo. Good morning, I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed, and you are listening to the Ultimate in Pet Talk Radio, the Pet Buzz. So, you know, every week I come on and I always do a weekly musings with you guys, and I know it's getting it's getting hard for me, and I'm sure it's getting hard for you. We're all tired and frustrated of being cooped up at home. Unfortunately, you know, it's a necessity during this coronavirus pandemic, but I just want to remind you that we need to keep abreast, more things to think about, of not only what is on the supermarket shelves for our food, but we also need to keep abreast of developments for our pets regarding their food chain supply. You know, some of us stocked up early on. We went to the stores, we went to the grocery stores, the pet stores, and we bought pet food and treats and other supplies from our favorite pet stores, uh, big box stores, and online outlets. But all in all, I want to remind you that if you are having a problem getting pet food, Pets can eat fish and like tuna and salmon, which are rich in omega-3s. Lean chicken, turkey, pork, and beef. Just make sure they're lean because you don't want to have an unnecessary trip to the vet. They can always have rice and vegetables like green beans and, and root vegetables like sweet potatoes. And of course, apples with no seeds. In the seeds, there's a little bit of Sinai, so no apple seeds. Um, there's carrots and watermelon as other options. And of course, if you have some time on your hands, hey, bake some dog treats. I'm going to post my favorite cheese star recipe on our social media channels. This way, if you have a little time this week, show your dog some love, bake them some cheese stars. But now what you've been waiting for. So let's start this weekly countdown. Well, in segment four, I'm talking with Dr. Lena Roth. She's a professor at Link Shopping University in Sweden about if dogs reflect the stress of their owners. I think they do. I'm sure you probably do, too. And in seg three, I'm having a little chat with Jim Browse, the owner of Preserve Pets. We talk about why pet owners want to freeze dry their pets as a preservation method. I just have to admit, it's interesting to know there's another option other than burial or cremation. It's a little bit more costly, but I'm thinking about it. Maybe you should too. Well, in segment two, I'm talking about what you can expect when you go to the vet's office in these troubled times. And in segment one, Dr. Fleck and I are talking about what happened to the dogs and cats of Wuhan, China. Recent media reports talk about their untimely deaths, starvation and abandonment, as well as military intervention. So joining us today to talk about the status of the pets of Wuhan is Dr. Peter Lee, the China policy expert of Humane Society International. Dr. Lee, thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz today. Good to be here. So what prompted pet owners to leave their pets behind in Wuhan, and how did they leave them? You know, actually, there are several uh, situations that, uh, you know, pet owners uh, left without the pets with them. Uh, but I have to say, you know, most of the people who left had actually left the pets to their family 
members or friends. So it's not that they they left without uh, you know thinking, considering the uh, you know issues uh, after they have left. Now, second, a relatively small number of people who left on short notices and for whatever reasons they have to leave the city. Didn't leave enough food and water for the test for up to one week, hoping that if they could could not return, they could always you know rely on friends and family members to go and take care of the dogs. But I would not say that uh, people abandoned the pets. No, I, I don't think we. I don't think we meant that people abandoned the pets. I think originally, um, before the virus kicked in, we were under the impression that a lot of people were traveling for the Lunar New Year, for the Chinese New Year, before Corona hit really hard. So people, like you said, left their pets. Um, left their pets behind, um, and then eventually Corona hit, and then they couldn't take their pets to quarantine. Is that correct? Yes, that's true. Yes. That's why I think that's where we were really going with, like, you know, what prompted pets to, you know, leave their pets behind. So, it, you know, before the the virus hit. Hey, if you've just joined us, we're talking to Dr. Peter Lee of the Humane Society International about the pets of Wuhan. So, two questions. Can pet owners come back to Wuhan for their pets? And if not, who are they reaching out to to help them care for their pets? I believe Wuhan is still under, you know, lockdown situation. Uh, I don't think the pet owners would come back just for the pets. Uh, if they, the pets are being taken care of by the family members, by co-workers or neighbors or, uh, the activists from Wuhan Small Animal Protection Association, they really don't have the need to come back. But if they come back, would, would it be when the city, uh, the lockdown is, uh, lifted? So let's talk about the animal organizations who obtaining pets that have been left behind and how can they afford to care for them? That's a great question. Now, actually, the uh, Wuhan Small Animal Protection Association was mobilized uh, three days before the city was locked down, which was around January the 20th, the 19th. I contacted them at that time and they said, we are ready. Because there was word going around that city was going to lockdown, so they started to send out, uh, you know, uh, social media posts to people say, if you need help, just contact us. So in the last, uh, you know, two months, the organization has been receiving donation supplies from across the country and sending those supplies to different shelters in the city and in nearby city and also for feeding those, you know, animals left behind. So they have been handling the donations. Well, that's great. I have another question because I'm, I'm, you know, at the end of the day, we still have to deal with the Chinese authorities. So how are, how are the Chinese authorities handling all this? Because, you know, I think they are maybe an interceptor in some cases of this misinformation. Are they more sensitive? Um, you know, recently we had seen pictures of a truck of dead animals. Um, some reports are coming out of China saying they're killing the animals. Now I'm sure there are animals being euthanized if they've been alone for a long period of time and starving or, or sick. Health so conditions. For health conditions. But, you know, are, how, so how are the, so I guess to answer my question, how are the Chinese authorities handling all this? I mean, we know there's one element that's letting people into the apartments to save animals. Yes. But is it true? Are, are animals being killed or? Uh, you know, there is considerable exaggeration in the media. And sometimes, you know, animal activists exaggerate the situation over there because they want to, you know, arouse attention. Uh, I understand that completely. But I would say the Chinese authorities could have done a better job. Uh, but compared with 2003 when SARS, you know, took place, 
there was a widespread local government of uh, you know offices issue in order for people to you know give up the dogs, give up the cat, cats. But we have not seen you know this kind of situation this year, as you know you you guys uh, mentioned. The Chinese authorities today are more sensitive to the feelings of uh, the uh, you know the society, and in fact, a lot of those government officials at the national level and provincial level and local level, they themselves, you know, pet owners. Mm. So that's why there is considerable sensitivity on the part of the government. Uh, but I would say, you know, China is, is a continental-sized nation, the size of the United States, and much, much more people. Uh, the officials in the Chinese government are not of the same level of competence. You would always have some local officials who worry about the spread of, spread of the disease, so they would, you know, do something, you know, less sophisticated, less sensitive, and cause problems for the reputation of the Chinese government. So we have to understand that. The, this is just, it's its awesome just to say something very simple. Right, and to be able to report on this for our listening audience across the country and then beyond. If it means so much to me, then I know that has to mean so much to others, to the rest of our to listeners, to other animal lovers and animal activists. Well, once again, thank you so much, Dr. Lee, for joining us. Yes, thank you so much. That thank was, you for having me. That was Dr. Peter Lee, the China policy expert of the Humane Society International, discussing how the new coronavirus is affecting the pets of Wuhan. For more information, visit hsi.org. And up next, we're talking about celebrity pet gossip and flex facts, so stay tuned. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, visit www.epi-pet.com. Often should you bathe your pet? Well, I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed, and I'm asked that question often. How often you should wash your dog depends on a number of factors, including his health, breed, coat, and activity level, as well as where these activities are taking place. Dogs who spend days outside rolling in things are going to need a bath far more often than the ones who spend most of their time on the couch. Or you can always take the smell test. If your dog walks into the room and you can smell them, it's time for a bath. Make sure when it's time for a bath, you gather up all the supplies, including a non-slip mat and plenty of towels. Use shampoo formulated for dogs and turn your cell phone off to avoid distraction. And if you have a dog that hates getting a bath, smear some peanut butter on the bathtub wall and let him lick it off while you bathe him. Then he'll know bathing can really be a treat. 
Thank you very much for joining us on the Pet Buzz this morning. The show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed, and always happy to be with you talking pets. So let's kick off this segment with celebrity pet news. So big question for you. How many pets does Miley Cyrus have? Well, all I know is she's got a bunch. At this point, I've really lost count. And recently, from what I understand, the singer adopted a new shepherd mix from the Wagmore Luxury Spa Hotel and Rescue in Studio City, California. She got a new puppy. It is named Bo. Now, the name actually is a nod to the singer's dad, Billy Ray Cyrus. You know, Old Town Road. It seems that Billy Ray Cyrus went by the nickname Bo in high school. Well, other celebrity gossip. Recently, Lisa Marie Presley, the daughter of Elvis, of the late Elvis Presley, adopted some pets. And she shared a picture on Instagram that she's fostering shelter puppies with her 11-year-old twin daughters, Harper and Finley, amid the ongoing coronavirus. Okay. More Kardashian news. It seems that Courtney Kardashian has been enjoying some outdoor time walking honey, a tan Pomeranian who appears to be her daughter's dog. Courtney was seen walking the dog in a pink baby carriage. Okay, so keep up that social distancing, Courtney. And like many celebs, Selena Gomez is fostering a cutie pie named Daisy. Daisy seems to be a little poodle mix, and it seems that Daisy and her dog Winnie are getting along fabulously. I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't keep Daisy. And, of course, so many fans are scouring social media, especially Instagram, to find out more about how their favorite celebs are practicing social distancing and self-isolation with their pets at home. So check out your favorite celebs on their social media channels to find a little bit more about them, how they live and how much they love their pets. Okay, and now what you've been waiting for, Flex Facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! This is going to take long. You got the time. Well, you know, at this time, doctors and veterinarians are committed to keeping their offices open and serving you, but they're also concerned about keeping their patients, their clients, their staff, family members, and others safe. So in light of COVID-19, I want you guys to think about the following. It's important for you guys to know that your veterinarian is monitoring the situation and receiving updates from the Center for Disease Control, that's the CDC, and the AVMA, the American Veterinary Medical Association. So know that. And also, in the interest of public health, veterinarians are asking you to only make essential veterinary appointments at this crucial time. It's always a great idea to call before you come. You know, your pet's health problem could possibly be solved over the phone. Okay, so think about that. Also, if you need to learn about the best hygiene practices for yourself and your pet, you might want to call the clinic and get some advice. You also might want to ask the clinic how they're providing a self and clean environment before you step foot in that clinic with your dog. So here's another one. Clinics are caring for you by disinfecting common touch surfaces, such as the reception desk and chairs and door handles multiple times a day. So they have your best interest 
and their best interest for to keep their staff safe. Many are also asking clients who have COVID-19 symptoms or who are not feeling well to reschedule any appointments or send an authorized agent with your pet to their offices. You don't want to take the chance of getting anyone sick. So when you visit your vet's office, use hand sanitizer, your hand sanitizer or their sanitizer immediately upon your arrival. This most definitely benefits both of you. And if you need to cough, cough in a tissue. And if you're coughing a lot, it's probably best to avoid the clinic. Now, if you are a member of your family asked to be quarantined or even tested positive for COVID-19 and you have visited the vet clinic or the veterinary clinic in the last 72 hours, please call the clinic and alert them of this development. You want to make sure those people in our community like veterinarians and their staff stay safe. Okay. Vets are also suggesting, now this is kind of important, that you have a two-week supply of food medications and sanitary supplies as well as an identified friend or family member who can help take care of your pet if needed. I'm going to add a tip in there. Make sure that you have ID on your pet when you walk him. In this time, you don't want your take any chances having your walking your pet, having him get away and him not have a leash and collar on. He might end up at a house with somebody who has COVID-19 or is self-quarantining. And that way it make, it'll make it difficult for you to get it back. So although COVID-19 is not a threat to our pets at this time, we want you guys to be prepared and we want you guys to know what to expect. And all I can say is that's all the flex facts for the week. So stick around more of the pet buzz very soon. Bet you can't wait for my I likey of the week. Hey, did you know 2.4 million loving cats and dogs in shelters and rescues need our help to find a home? Let's go to the shelterpetproject.org and meet a few who are in a shelter near you. Harlow. Oh, she's one great listener who loves to hear all your stories. My kind of cat. Shrulo is a sweet, goofy boy who's eager to please. Sounds just like another dog I know. So go to the shelterpetproject.org, search your local shelters and rescues, and go for a cuddle with your next best friend. Adopt. I'm Petronology Charlotte Reed with a healthy pet, healthy you tip. There are many reasons that you might have to shelter at home with your pets, such as unsafe air quality, dangerous roads, and or high winds and flying debris, but you have to be prepared. So here are some suggestions. Make sure your pet's inside. If it's unsafe for you to be outside, it's unsafe for him too. Know the location of your pet's emergency go bag. It should have already been stocked with extra food, water, first aid kit, and other essentials your pet needs. Take your pet with you to a room that's safe. The room's location is based on whether you are sheltering from a hurricane, earthquake, tornado, flood, or blizzard. If there's a wildfire, it's best to take your pet and leave the premises immediately. Bring a battery-operated radio to ensure that you can get updates from emergency officials, even if the power goes out and your phone or internet connection or down. If time allows, move your pet's favorite bed or blanket to your safe room so that you can make him as comfortable as possible until the threat passes. Since pets can get restless if cooped up inside in one room, bring items to keep them engaged, such as toys, games, and learning activities. Make sure your pet has a place to relieve himself. 
Keeping puppy pee pads on hand can be useful for this purpose, as can potty training your dog to go indoors. Have a few disposable litter boxes for cats, too. Make sure to have cleaning supplies on hand in case of an accident. Keep your pet away from the windows. Debris may be flying around during a storm due to high winds. In fact, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention says that flying debris is the most common cause of injury during a hurricane. Be ready for you and your pet to leave at a moment's notice. Keep your dog's leash, crate, or carrier and any necessarily travel gear near the exit. For cats, have a carrier or pop-up shelter and other essentials. Once gone, you can refer to your emergency evacuation plan. You know, pets know when there's panic in the air, so try to remain as calm as possible. This is pet trendologist Charlotte Reed with a healthy pet, healthy you tip. Stay safe. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy. So I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple and it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. (laughs) I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. Well, welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed, and I want to talk to you about my I likey of the week. That's the way it has to be, because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. You know, as the global coronavirus forces people to spend more time at home, Many people have decided that they don't want to quarantine alone and they're choosing to foster a pet for companionship. That's a good idea. So as you know, most Americans are being told to stay out of bars and restaurants, to steer clear of social gatherings, to work from home, and to socially distance themselves from one another to avoid the spread of a highly contagious new coronavirus. This also includes spending time with, you know, possibly a new boyfriend or girlfriend. Companionship, I think, is a great thing at this time, and you don't want to feel alone and unsettled during this time. So as a result, fostering animals are directly benefiting from this act. So let's talk about it from a sheltering point of view. What fostering really does for an animal is amazing because when they're at the shelter, you guys know this, they're stressed, they're tired, and the shelter and potential adopters don't really get to know their true personalities. So by placing an animal in a home, it makes it more likely that the animal will be a little bit more relaxed and it'll know how to behave and it'll get adopted, maybe even by you. So if you're able to foster an animal at this time, and if you can call your local animal shelter and give a shelter dog or cat a chance at a better life. Okay. Oh, wait, I just been told we have our next guest on the phone he's holding. Here's Jim Browse, the owner of Preserve Pets. 
If you do not know, there are alternatives to cremation and burial of our beloved pets after he or she passes on. That option is freeze-drying. So joining us today to talk about freeze-drying pets is Jim Browst of Preserve Pets. So Jim, welcome to the Pet Buzz. Glad you're here. Glad to meet you. So Jim, what's the motivation for freeze-drying pets? Why do people do it? Um, it fills a gap in their life to where they have lost something very dear to them, to where they just don't want to let go. A lot of people don't want to do cremation or burial, so that's where freeze-drying and pet preservation comes in to fill that gap so they can have their pet home with them for many, many years to come. Me, personally, I think it's comforting. I mean, you know, it's funny, Not uh, probably about six or seven months ago, I said, you know, I wish I knew, I wish I kind of investigated, you know, freeze-drying and taxidermy because I wouldn't mind you know, having my beloved Hudson who passed about a year ago, you know, some people thought that I was a little crazy, but I can, I would enjoy seeing him on a day-to-day basis or my other dog, Roan, who passed away a few years before. So I get it. So can you explain to me the difference between your method of preserving pets versus taxidermy? Because they are, they are different, correct? Yes. Uh, they're, they're night and day different. Taxidermy is what you would do on what people consider like hunted animals. You know, some people refer to them as game trophies like deer, elk, bear, and so forth. So taxidermy is where you would remove the skin off of a specimen and then wrap that over an artificial mannequin. When it comes to pet preservation, we leave the pet intact. So the entire skeletal structure stays in place, as much tissue as possible. The brain is not disturbed. The facial features are not disturbed. Uh, you do have to, if you're going to do an awake pet, you do have to replace them and cover them with an artificial eye. Sleeping pet uh, is different, that they are just closed down. Mm-hmm. So it will be 100% your pet, 100% natural, 100% organic. So it is totally night and day different than taxidermy. And most local taxidermists don't have the skills or the equipment to do pet preservation. Interesting. It's a different level of expertise. Yeah, I never knew that um, they took off the skin and kind of put it over a mannequin. So a lot of those deer heads that we see, that's like a mannequin with the skin over it, correct? Yes, that's correct. So for you to preserve a pet, how long does it take? Like if I... If, you know, we talk and I, I guess I send you my pet. I'll ask you about that in a second, but how long does it take to get, you know, for your process to two months, three months, a day, a week? Um, I wish we can get it done in a day or a week. Um, but majority of our pets, I'd probably say 95% of our pets, we could usually have finished up in 90 to 150 days. We do have an expedited service that, uh, but that does run additional, um, where we can usually get them finished up in 45 to 60 days. But our norm is between three to five months, 90 to 150 days. I mean, that seems like, a. I mean, for the average person, I guess it seems like a long time. I mean, just thinking about, but I don't know, you know, what, um, you know, what you have to do. I mean, like, do you, how do you freeze dry a pet? Well, when the pet comes in, you know, we have to do some very basic things to get them ready. I freeze all personal pets down to about negative 60 degrees once they come in for about two to three weeks. And at that point in time, it also allows the, the pet owner to come up with a positioning photo that works for them. Okay. Because, you know, they're dealing with the loss and sometimes looking at photos right after passing isn't the most comforting for them. So I ask them within a few weeks is perfectly fine. Right. And then at that point, once we have the positioning photos ready to go, then we go ahead and, and put them into our rotation. Well, freeze drying 
works off a specimen that's in a frozen state. So once we get all the prepping done, positioning done, cleaning done, and so forth to get them into the freeze dryer, before they go into the freeze dryer, they have to be frozen back down to about negative 40 to 50 degrees. Wow. Then they're placed in the freeze dryer with other pets. That goes, once you fire up the machine, it goes down to a vacuum that is about one and a half times below atmospheric pressure. So underneath the extreme vacuum, the specimen being frozen, it takes the moisture that's within the pet, turns it into a vapor, into a gas, and then locks it into a secondary chamber called an ice bank. So then over the course of time, you bring the temperature up. When the machine starts off, we start it off at about negative 60 degrees. And over the course of time, I bring it up a couple degrees every day. So you figure by the time it goes from negative 60 up to room temperature, which could be anywhere from 60 to 80 degrees, it takes a few months to do it. Yeah, and it's a complicated process, sounds like to me. It can be. If if you don't know what you I've been doing this for 27 years and I've done about 7,800 pets, so I can do it in my sleep. Sure. Um, but for somebody trying to get into it, uh, I get a lot of pets from people that have tried getting into it and they've just done nothing but, you know, I don't use, mean to use the word butcher up, but just absolutely butcher up and destroy people's pets and then they call me to fix it. And then it costs them double. Right, of course. If you've just joined us, we're speaking with Jim Browse about the benefits of freeze-drying pets. So um, do you do all types of pets? I mean, dogs, cats, do you do horses? I don't know. I do. I do everything from the, the smallest fair one goldfish, that hmm. the little kid one at the fair that um, that they fell in love with, all the way up to large Newfoundlands that weigh nearly 200 pounds. Wow. I do reptiles to, to, to tropical fish, to spiders, to you name it, anything that a person considers a pet. Pets are not just listed to dogs and cats. Right. Even though dogs and cats are my main bread and butter. But, you know, we've done tarantulas, we've done lizards, we've done snakes. We, You know, like I said, we've done tropical fish, we've done koi, you know, for clients. Right. Um, so, you know, we're very diverse in what people consider a pet. Sure. So, I mean, give me an idea. Like, if you have like a 14-pound spaniel, you know, what, what does that cost about? Just so people have an idea of. Yes. How we usually work it is between 0 and 4.99 runs, 695. And then from five to ten runs seven hundred ninety five, and then we have a base charge per pound thereafter. That's that's a pretty good parameter. So you figure a twenty pound pet would be like thirteen hundred ninety five, right. and then it can go up and go up and up. So when you get into pets that are eighty ninety pounds, it can get extremely expensive. Yeah, like those two hundred pound new fees you were talking about earlier. I can only imagine. Well, Jim. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz. I mean, you know, one of the things that we strive is to give people, to have people learn about everything that there possibly is to know about pets. And you've actually have given me a lot of things to think about as well as I'm sure our listening audience. It's like you have a calming influence. So I'm so, for people who have just lost their pet, I'm sure it's one of the the best compliments that you get because you just help them with the whole process. Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. Everyone, that was Jim Proust of Preserve Pets joining us to talk about alternatives to burial and cremation, actually freeze-drying pets. I don't know. What about you? What do you think? Would you actually freeze-dry your pet? I know it's expensive, but I'm just curious. Does it sound like an appealing option to you? Stay tuned. We'll be right back, and I'm going to talk about global pet news.
You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Warmer temperatures mean more time outside. You have sunscreen for yourself, but what about Fido? According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Visit epi-pet.com. I'm petronologist Charlotte Reed, and I love to say it, we're urban, suburban, and country as we constantly are picking up more stations around the country. So let's kick off this segment with Global Pet News. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. So in light of the global pandemic, South Africa has recently banned dog walking. So I don't understand South Africa what are people going to do to get out? I can understand you're worried about your really densely poor population, but how are people going to get out and walk their dog? And yes, people do have yards, but people need to get out. They need to stretch. They need to get some, some good thoughts going, some energy, some, some fresh air. It's super cool. It's, it's a necessity, especially at this time. So I'm going to give you a thumbs down on my social media channel, South Africa. Okay, so more I got more news for you. So more news includes a Black Hawk helicopter from the Alaska Army National Guard, which happened to be dispatched on March 20th, believe it or not, to rescue Iditarod mushers after they and their sled dog teams went through the floodwaters. I know we don't talk about the Iditarod, but I have to tell you why. I've written to them so many times they never want to grant me an interview. I don't know why. I can't worry about it. You know, a lot of a lot of organizations are worried that people are going to make fun of them or you know, rag on them. I mean, the Iditarod is a sport. It's been around for a lot of years. So I don't understand why they don't want to talk to us. But anyway, let's get back to the subject. So this Army National Guard, the Alaska Army National Guard dispatched the Black Hawk helicopter on March 20th to rescue the Iditarod mushers after they and the sled dog teams went through floodwaters. It seems like overnight winds pushed seawater onto the Iditarod trail and the mushers weren't aware that it was underwater. So thus they needed help. Okay. So more news out of Hong Kong. So it seems that a few days after the Hong Kong Pomeranian died, Hong Kong Animal Welfare Authority confirmed that a second dog has tested positive for coronavirus. According to local reports, a two-year-old German Shepherd's oral and nasal samples returned positive. Thus the dog was sent to quarantine. Does this sound familiar? The canine, now this particular canine, his 30-year-old donor is also infected and they he has the the owner has another dog a mixed breed that it's also quarantined in the same government facility but that canine's readings were negative so we'll see what happens uh the agriculture fisheries and conservation department spokesman said that the department would closely monitor both dogs and conduct repeated tests 
We'll keep you updated on more details about that. Now, remember, the World Health Organization and the AVMA say there is no human to canine transmission for this disease. But once again, as I've always said, and I said this week on Fox Indiana, on Fox Washington, D.C., and Fox Las Vegas, that this is the position of the AVMA and the World Health Organization, because there really is no body of evidence that this virus can spread to pets. So let's move on with our next guest, because they're also holding on the phone. Numerous studies have found that dogs and their owners can experience synchronized emotions and stress levels, especially during acutely stressful or exciting events or activities. So joining us today is Dr. Lena Roth, a professor at Linköping University in Sweden and the author of a study entitled Long-Term Stress Levels Are Synchronized in Dogs and Their Owners. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz today, Dr. Roth. Thank you. So, you know, Dr. Roth, we're living in this time of COVID-19. So many people are worried about getting sick, their friends and family getting ill. We're even worried about our financial situations. At this time, should we be worrying about transferring our stress to our dogs? I don't think so. I think we should uh, instead use the dog in our benefit because right. the dog can be a social supporter and uh, actually help us during these difficult times. No, I, I think that's completely appropriate. I think Americans now are just kind of starting to get out, but the ones that are staying home, I think, are going stir crazy. I know we were in our house over the weekend and we were kind of like, ugh. So I'm going to ask you, what prompted you to do this study? Uh, actually, I did a study a couple of years ago on German Shepherd dogs. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that uh, the long-term stress level differed if you compare different lifestyles of German Shepherd dogs. Okay. In that study, we, we looked at police dogs, dogs that were just normal pet dogs. Right. But also those that were competing. So we had three lifestyles and we saw that the, the ones that were competing, they actually had a higher, higher stress levels than the others. Even though the police dogs and the dogs in the armed forces were working more actively each right. day, the competing dogs were still higher. So then we thought that hmm, maybe there's the owner is behind this. So we need to include the owner in the study. So that's the reason for this recently published synchronization study. Okay. So tell me about the study's protocol. Like whom did you test? Were there, you know, female owners, male owners of the dogs or were the dogs male and female? And, you know, how was the study conducted? Yeah. So now we wanted to have uh, two different breeds and two lifestyles. So then we would get four groups and we decided to go for the Border Collies and the Shetland Sheepdogs because then we could uh, get both pet dogs and uh, and uh, competing dogs. It's interesting because those breeds tend to be a little bit, I mean, those breeds are working breeds. Border Collies need something to do and so do Shelties as well as yep. German Shepherds. I mean, herding breeds need to herd. They need some, it's not like having a, a little Wally. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, we still wanted to have breeds that are actually selected for human cooperation, but still two separate breeds. 
And uh, these two breeds were possible to get in these two lifestyle. And that was our original question, whether we would have different hair cortisol levels in the different lifestyles. And now we could actually see that, yeah, we do get a, a stronger core uh, synchronization in the competing dogs, but we still see the synchronization also in pet dogs. So overall, how can the results help the average pet owner? I think you can see it as that your dog can help you to lower your stress level. So basically, overall, you would tell us during this stressful coronavirus time, we need to get out and enjoy our time with our dogs. And that'll help us reduce the stress, correct? Exactly. And take the opportunity to take some small uh, breaks, have some small games where you can let the dog search for stuff. And you will have a laugh by just looking at your positive and enthusiastic dog uh, searching for food in there. In the, under the carpet or something. <laughs> right, so, right. so just have a, have fun together. I mean, I think that's a, that's the one thing that I I guess I could say I actually preach about during this time. I mean, there's nothing greater than seeing what a dog can do, whether it's an athletic pursuit or some type of intelligent game they're playing, whether they're looking for food or you know just planting various boxes around the room and you know around your house and having them find the food. So I think um, I think this was was really great advice. I mean, you know, I'm actually you've de-stressed me. Yeah, I, I mean, your your dog will love you if you do this, and and I mean, we have seen in uh, in recent uh, papers that that dogs that are allowed to use their nose in nose work, for example, they are actually more positive than uh, than other dogs. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Roth. We appreciate you being here. Keep in touch. Let us know what you're working on next. We'd love to have you back. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Roth. It was a lot of really impactful information. Well, everyone, that was Dr. Lena Roth from Lipshang Fing University in Sweden discussing synchronized stress levels in dogs and their owners. I know if I'm really stressed and I have been, the dogs mirror that stress. I mean, it's important to recognize that and try to stay as calm as possible, especially since we are cooped up in our houses uh, these days. Well, as I always say, it's too soon to wrap the show. But before we go, we want to give you a preview for next week's show. Next week, we're talking about the effects of coronavirus on pet businesses, a safer way to travel on airlines, and also using cleaning products around your pets. How to do that in a safe and healthy manner. We want to give a special thanks to guests, Dr. Peter Lee, Jim Browst, and Dr. Lena Roth. And as always, we must thank the Animal Medical Center, our sponsor, and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Now, as I always say, if you have a question, a comment, you want to know something about Dr. Fleck and our dogs, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. We'll cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. But remember, most importantly, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. 
The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.